Alright everybody, we're back with another episode of Past Player Purchase. This is your host, Kevin. And this is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So today we're going to get into Dead Men Tell No Tales uh, from Renegade Studios and designed by Kane Klenko. And this game actually came out back in 2015, can still be found for sale. Uh, Amazon has it at around $40. So, I mean, of course, feel free to check with your favorite store. Uh, there's also, I guess, like a separate miniatures pack and then an expansion that has to deal with some Krakens, I think. I didn't mm. look too much into it, but uh, we're just covering the base game for today. So, uh, in this uh, pirate-themed game, you are playing cooperatively with up to four other pirates uh, with asymmetric abilities to loot Captain Fromm's ship, the Skelet's Revenge. So in the meanwhile, you're trying to deal with fire, the skeleton crew, your own laziness, or I mean your fatigue, uh, which Leanne will explain later. Uh, and of course, there's other pirates on the ship trying to stop you, all while you're trying to grab that treasure and, of course, escape from the ship. So that being said, I'll turn things over to Leanne for the mechanics. Thanks, Kevin. So in a previous podcast episode, episode number 29, we reviewed a cooperative game called Flashpoint, where the players take on the role of firefighters rescuing people and pets from a burning house. Well, Dead Men Tell No Tales is really similar to that game, except this time, the players take on the role of pirates trying to loot a haunted burning ship which is a somewhat less noble cause, but still potentially just as exciting. Dead Men Tell No Tales is a game for two to five players, and the estimated gameplay is about 60 to 75 minutes. Despite the pirate theme, mechanically, I would say this plays kind of like a dungeon crawler, where you reveal tiles of the ship and place loot and danger tokens as you go, and you spend action points to move, fight, loot, and reduce fire on the ship. This is a quick rundown, it does not get into all the nuances of the mechanics, but it should give you a gist of the gameplay. So each player has a pirate meeple that they use to move around the ship, one starting item card that might be a weapon or alcohol to help buff up a stat, a character card with a special ability, and a player board with a fatigue tracker and a battle strength tracker, both of which start at zero. You start your turn by placing a tile of the ship. Well, it's two tiles on everybody's first turn, but you get the point. The tile will indicate part of the ship's deck with walls and doors that have to connect to the previously placed tiles. On each tile, there will be a picture of a red or yellow die set to a particular value, and you place a physical die on top of that tile accordingly. This indicates the starting level of the fire on that tile. You also draw and place a token on the tile, and this token could be a cutlass sword, grog alcohol, treasure loot, or a trap door, which indicates that it's a spawn point for deckhand skeletons that haunt the ship. Deckhand skeletons are represented by skull tokens, and they can multiply quickly, but they're also relatively straightforward to clear by just spending your action points. There are also actual skeleton and guard monsters on some tokens, and you have to battle them in order to attempt to defeat them. So you've drawn the tile, you place the token, then you choose how you want to spend your action points. You can move by walking or running, you can fight fire, meaning you lower a die by a pip or remove the die entirely if the starting value was one. You can clear deckhand skeletons. You can pick up tokens, whether they are swords, grog, or treasure. 
You can rest to reduce your fatigue level, which uh, will kill you once it hits the maximum on the tracker. You can increase your battle strength, and you can swap item cards with other players. Fighting a skeleton monster token is free and doesn't cost any action points. Any unspent action points can be given to the next player, and they can spend them on their turn. The action points are tracked by tokens, which are given back to you after the player to your left takes their turn and uses them. After the player actions, then the bad stuff happens. You flip a Skelet's Revenge card, which will cause the negative aspects of the game to increase. You might need to add a deckhand skeleton to every room that has a trap door token, or you might need to add deckhand skeletons to adjacent rooms. The skeleton monster tokens might move toward the nearest pirate, or you might have to increase all dice of a certain color and number by one pip, which can cause a ripple effect because the dice can either cause powder kegs in the rooms to explode or cause the rooms themselves to explode once the dice reach value 6. Every explosion of a powder keg or a room advances the explosion tracker for the game, which is also a way for the players to lose. It is possible to die in this game, either from max fatigue or when a room explodes. And when you die, your pirate meeple and character card are removed from the game. Play continues until you win or lose. You win if you successfully retrieve enough treasure loot tokens. The number of loot tokens that you need to retrieve can vary, and you set it at the beginning of the game depending on the difficulty level that you want to play at. Just want to interject here real quick. For most games, don't you play until you win or lose? Well, yes, but I mean, there's no, so there's no round, like set number of rounds is what I meant to say by that. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then there are multiple ways to lose the game and you need to safeguard against them as you cooperate to loot the ship. So you lose if you reach the end of the explosion tracker. You lose if you run out of deckhand skeletons, if a room tile that is drawn cannot legally be added to the ship, if so much treasure is destroyed that you can't reach your looting goal, if a pirate dies after the required loot is off the ship, or if a pirate dies and there's no character card to replace him or her. And that is Dead Men Tell No Tales. Great, much thanks for that rundown. So actually, I just want to add a few things to that. One is real quick circling back to the... Uh, deck hand skeletons yeah there there is a set number of components for that so when she says yeah you run out of them it's uh, literally no more components and then the other part is i did like the flashpoint comparison because there is actually a lot of fire management going on here uh, and then as she explained earlier there are uh, explosions that can occur and then the explosions can actually affect other rooms of the ship or i guess if you're looking at flashpoint uh, other rooms of the house mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's very interesting and i was just double checking real quick no relation you know as far as like the designer or publisher so yeah i just found that kind of interesting um, because yeah they, they definitely share that as a major uh, component of the game uh, and i think even the way you look at the asymmetry of the characters it's a little bit similar in the sense of you know some have like extra movement some are better at fighting fires uh, some are better i think at getting the loot out uh, or, or in flashpoint's case would be getting the victims the the people who need help out so yeah there's actually a lot of parallels here mm -hmm. so kind of mm -hmm. interesting pick it's... your theme you want to be a firefighter or you want to be a pirate oh boy very very different career paths <laughs> 
Alright, so on to our, uh, our notes for the game here. So for me, I'll start, of course, with the positive and, you know, I'll say it's a very challenging game. So we've played this, or at least on my side, I've probably played this at least 10 times, I think, at least. I mm. uh, haven't won a game yet. Oof. So, yeah, uh, for those of you uh, who aren't overly familiar with our group, th this is definitely a huge shocker. Uh, more so, I think, when we keep losing a cooperative game, we tend to dig our heels in. And want to replay it and uh, as i said you know we, we've played this over 10 times at least and uh, no no win yet so you know it sounds weird to have this as a positive note but you know i like that there's definitely a challenging component here it's not something that's a easy solve and, you will. and we're not playing it on the hardest difficulty level with these losses right kevin yeah we're playing the middle road uh and i guess just to add another you know, um, clarification, I guess, for us, if you will. It's not like we're always playing easy mode or anything like that on the other cooperative games. Uh, we're always playing at least the normal and often we'll bump up the difficulty uh, if we really enjoy the game and we still will win. So, yeah, this one has been a little bit of a shocker for us. So if you have any pro tips on how to win the game, please feel free to hit us up, uh, especially, I guess, on Twitter and, and drop us a note because it's just not happening. <laughs> But moving back on to yeah, the positive notes, uh, I would also want to say that there is definitely some replayability here because the ship layout can constantly be changing, uh, not just in the way that you draw the tiles, but also in the way that people choose to drop them down. So I think that's kind of neat. Uh, and then of course there's the different pirates with their different abilities. So yeah, again, just another layer there. Uh, as usual, I tend to like artwork, and I would say the artwork here is pretty thematic. I like that there's a lot of contrast. It's a very dark kind of overall mood, but there's a lot of contrast with all the fire. Uh, and I guess maybe if you check out our pictures, you can kind of get an idea. Um, a lot of dark tones, again, offset with fire, I, I guess would be the, the best way to put that. And I like that even the, the dice are kind of themed along that line where it's a red and I guess what, like a yellow orange. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of cool. So yeah, good job on the pirate theme. Uh, I think that's nice. And I think that's, that's that. On my words of caution, again, it's a very challenging game. So if you're the type to get frustrated easily, uh, it could be a little bit of a tough one. So... You know, coming back, we thought Ghost Stories was kind of tough. I mean, not like a very, very hard game, but, you know, a challenging game. Uh, but relatively, gosh, that's uh, that that's easier, much easier, I guess, than mm -hmm. Dead Men Tell No Tales because we've beat Ghost Stories even on some of the harder difficulties. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, I don't know what's going on here. Still fans of Ghost Stories, by the way. Uh, if you want to check that out, that was one of our past episodes. But, yeah, I guess... I don't know, maybe we'll have to try it uh, w with an expansion as well, maybe at some point, because tying in with the replayability, I would say, I feel like probably after we quote-unquote beat the game, uh, especially having played it over 10 times, I'm not sure if there's too much more replayability uh, in it here. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're constantly introducing new people to it, maybe, yeah, great. Um, but yeah it definitely could benefit i think from more variety so very curious what the expansion would bring aside from that you know i don't really think i have any other words of caution but yeah what what about you so uh, i agree with your positive notes kevin and i also think overall positive it's a really simple premise 
Can you tell we generally like to give looting games a try? I mean, we've reviewed a few of them so far, including Flashpoint, Android Netrunner. I can think of games like Burgle Bros that we played during the pandemic, which have a similar premise, get in, get the stuff, get out. I guess I didn't really think of Flashpoint as looting. Well, I mean, you're rescuing, but it's, oh, okay. it's that idea of going into a, a location getting something and getting Stealing out with it and getting out with it well i mean you can call it rescuing you can call it looting it depends on your career path right again another very different type of career choices ahead of you uh, i don't know if you'd go in for a firefighting interview and be like how'd the looting go <laughs> but uh i guess from a board gaming perspective yes that's a it's a grab and go grab and go grab grab and go mechanic um, and I think it seems like this game works decently for the player count as promised, you know, two to five players. Words of caution, so just like Kevin, I don't know why we haven't won. Can't figure it out. So yes, if anybody out there has tips or things we should be considering, we would really love to hear from you. It is a head scratcher. And then the other surprising thing when I was reflecting on this game is that for some reason I haven't really been able to get into this game and I'm not sure why that I've found it a bit boring. Uh, it has all the right ingredients to be fun and interesting. I like other pirate themed games for sure, but there's something that's a little bit eye glazing for me. And, you know, admittedly, I think the problem might be me. I'm not a really great dungeon crawler cooperative player. Like I remember when we played Descent, right? And I had a rough time with that as well. And I think it's because when there's a group debating how to maximize action points for the greatest movement or the most efficient looting strategy, I think I kind of tend to take a back seat personally. People are debating and I'm kind of like, well, you guys want to drive this and maybe it just depends on my, my feeling about the game that I'm not going to try to get in there and help. And I like other cooperative games. I love solving puzzles, escape room stuff, but for some reason, the action point maximization, it, it just doesn't really do it for me that much, unfortunately. So that's my word of caution if you're similar to me in that way. Got it. So it can lead to alpha gaming where yeah, people just take leadership and then it becomes less of a, a team effort so much as just a leader effort. Yeah, yeah, it depends. No, I didn't feel that way about Flashpoint, oddly enough. So I'm not sure what it is. And or maybe it, it is just the brighter, the brighter theme that was appealing. I don't know. Got it. Got it. Well, I mean, there you got it for the notes. So let's go ahead and get into our decisions. So for me, I would I would count this as a play. Uh, definitely enough going on here to warrant checking it out, uh, playing it. As you can tell, played it repeatedly. And yeah, I mean, just a good time. As far as a purchase, uh, it's a little bit tough. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with a play. I think this unfortunately might be a pass for me right now. I really feel like I should give it more of an earnest go. It's rated 7.1 on BoardGameGeek. There must be something to this game that I'm missing, but right now that's what my feeling is. Ah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, everybody's got their own things. So yeah, I mean, there you have it though. It's uh, one play, one pass. And that's Dead Men Tell No Tales. So as always, though, we thank you for listening. I hope to catch you on our next episode. Thank you. Thank you.